This is a this is about Caesar's Gallic campaigns. In in 100 BC, a a boy named Gaius Julius Caesar was born. It, he is now known as Julius Caesar. He in in 59 BC Caesar's Gallic campaigns began. Caesar in the beginning claimed to be of lineage of the Roman god Venus, the Roman form of the Greek god Aphrodite, god of love and beauty. However, Caesar was able to ride a horse with his hands backward with no saddle with his eyes closed by the time he was 16. He grew up in a in the in a town called Sabura. Every he would often go and learn and get riding lessons in the field of Mars outside Rome. At that point, Rome had expanded and was preparing to go north, more north than the, than just around the Mediterranean basin. Caesar was was I talked a little bit about him in some previous episodes. Uh, and whenever he was elected to, to as consul after joining the triumvirate of Marcus Licinius Crassus, Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus, and Gaius Julius Caesar, he became consul in 60 BC. In 59, he was granted the ability to go into the governorship of the Roman province of Gaul, now modern day France. He immediately marched towards his towards Gaul. Whenever he got there, he realized, he remembered he only had three small provinces, Illyricum and two others, which I will now read you the names of in a little bit. All right, as soon as, but the names were, not that important, but the, his territories were Gala Cisalpina, Illyricum, and Gala Trans, Transalpina. Three hundred. Original. The, the first challenge was three hundred thousand migrating Germans who had burned their homelands to tell people they were leaving. 
after they left, they had the burned out homeland in the mountains. They marched south toward, towards what they perceived as a richer land. Whenever they got there, Caesar, knowing that they would that it had just been the end of the revolt of Spartacus, which my next episode will cover, and he immediately began marching his army up north. But he had a problem. He had no authority to go outside of Roman territory. So he marched up north, sending back reports of the group of barbarians, telling the Roman Senate about the problem. The senators who were still received, whenever they received it, believed that Caesar was the real threat and that he wanted absolute power as he was not one of the conservative aristocrats of the Senate. Caesar marched his army north to meet the Helvetii, the 300,000 German, the 300,000 Germans in the Helvetii tribe that were migrating south. Caesar told them their ambassadors he would consider that letting them inside of Roman territory. Then he erected a, a wall 18 miles long along the Rhone River. Every six feet would be another archer. Whenever the Helvetii came, they saw all the bridges destroyed and dozens of archers firing down at them. They decided to seek another, another passage through the lands of the Idui tribe who were loyal to Rome. This meant Caesar could go and meet them in battle. Caesar put his most experienced troops in the front and his less experienced troops in the back in his battle line along a hillside. Whenever the Helvetii had attacked his rear guard, he arranged on a hillside with his, with his organization as I have covered previously in a few seconds ago. Caesar himself marched his armies down and, and defeated the Helvetii, forcing them to go back to their homeland. Next came the came Ariovistus and his army of German tribes, who invaded Roman territory and the lands of the Idui tribe, torturing people and act, and attacking Roman citizens. The Caesar could not allow this, so he marched his forces against him. He mar- Ariovistus marched back to his to his camp. His shaman told him 
that he was not to fight against Caesar until the new moon. However, news of this reached Caesar's ear, and Caesar immediately ordered his army to go out and shame the defenders into coming out of their fort and attack. No, using this psychological advantage, Caesar attacked and defeated the, the army of Ariovistus. In Caesar's own account, he says that he killed 80,000 Germans, including two of Ariovistus' wives and one of his daughters, the other one he captured. Ariovistus himself got to, got to escape back to Germany. After this, Caesar was the new master of Gaul, and the Germans did not want to meet him in battle. He, want, he, he was the first Roman to cross into Germany in 55 BC with, with 40,000 men. And he also was the first one to cross into Britain with two invasions in 55 and 54. Then, Caesar, Caesar sent back dispatches of his adventures in Gaul that, that to the Romans back in Rome read like adventure stories because they had never been to northern Germany or Britain. And then... Caesar marched up to whenever Caesar's most famous battle was the Battle of Alesia in fifty in fifty two BC. In fifty two BC, thousands of Gauls attacked Caesar's camp. Finally, Caesar met the Gauls outside of the fortified town of Alesia. He built a double entrenchment around it, one to keep the Alesians in, one wall to keep the, their reinforcements out. Vercingetorix, leader of the Gauls, had planned to starve out the Romans. But now, since it was spring, the Romans gathered forage and were able to eat. They began besieging the Gauls, who were dying. Who were dying nonstop. Vercingetorix sent out a lot of women and children that he didn't need. That were that were extra people that he needed to feed, hoping Caesar would take them in, but Caesar refused. And. Finally, Vercingetorix let them in. Finally, Vercingetorix, is, uh, Vercingetorix attacked. He failed. With 200,000 reinforcing Gauls coming to, coming to his aid, Caesar knew the time was now or never. Finally, after a long, hard battle for, on two sides... 
Caesar won the battle. After that, Caesar had two more years in Gaul before marching back to Rome. But knowing that his rivals wanted to kill him because he put them in the shadows because he was too popular, they gathered up armies and and knew that Caesar would not risk, would either would probably risk taking his army across the the Rubicon River, which was where the Romans usually left their armies and went back to Rome without their army. Caesar marched past the Rubicon and crossed the Rubicon. Then he went down all the way to Rome and finally when within his greatest enemy Pompey who will who was also known as Gnaeus Pompeius Magnus who I will cover in another episode ha- more about Caesar and why Pompey and Caesar became enemies and then whenever Pompey was elected consul and who went with an, with an army to to Greece which was kind of like Pompey's version of Gaul he had recently conquered it and then whenever Pompey marched his horses again and Caesar and Pompey met in battle at the Battle of Falcerus. This was the final battle of the Civil War, which was which the most famous action of Caesar during the Civil War was yelling Alia Iacta Est as he crossed the Rubicon River. Alia Iacta Est is Latin for the die has been cast. As Caesar marched, finally, three years after Pompey got to Greece, Caesar managed to get to Greece. At the Battle of Falcerus, Caesar annihilated Pompey's army, which was twice as large as Caesar's. Caesar, after that, be- became elected dictator for life after a little excursion in Egypt, which I will talk about later. And then he was assassinated in 44 BC. And then in 27 BC, his nephew Octavius became emperor of Rome, Augustus, Rome's first emperor. But that's for for another time.